Welcome to Light on the Road Home, a show about divine love, divine wisdom, and our soul's journey here on Earth. And now, our hosts, Phyllis Levitt and Deborah Brown. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I am Deborah Brown, and I'm going to uh, happily introduce my wonderful friend, Phyllis. Phyllis, say hello. Hi. So good to be back. <laughs> it is good to be back. And we had a little hiatus for a little while, and now we are back uh, on a regular schedule again. And today we're going to be talking about the power of duality and the great masculine-feminine divide. And as Phyllis and I were just talking before the show in the green room, um, we call it the green room, we were together in a quiet spot on the Internet, um, I'll tell you, it's just about the world, this feminine masculine divide or I put it I put the feminine first that time um so Phyllis I'm going to let you just try to unpack this the way it's best for you and then I will chime in with with my thoughts and questions but this could take several shows couldn't it yes um definitely won't get to all of the material today but I think it'll be a really good start good so um I wanted to start by saying that in the last show, um, we talked about the whole principle of duality as one of the ways that our ego nature will always be perceiving the world. And I entitled this program, The Power of Duality and the Great Masculine-Feminine Divide, because I wanted to take this discussion right into how important this understanding of duality is in our lives today and how it plays out in a really critical way in the world scene um, at this time in our human history. I thought I would start with a quote from my second book, which is called Into the Fire, and which will be published um, not too long from now, this year. And I want to reiterate, everything I quote here is not my own original thought. Everything I quote here was said to me by a divine voice back in the 1990s. And I just want to give credit to whatever that incredible power was that came to me and I think came to us. So this is the first thing that I wanted to quote from what they said. For the moment, let us say that it is not that the human race has gone haywire and forgotten the blueprint and is therefore about to destroy itself because it is bad or because it sinned, although it would be easy to have that interpretation. The challenge the human race took on was to learn to consciously participate in bringing back together all the ways energy has been split into different forms. Evolutionarily, you are moving toward an extreme end of this continuum of separation. So I want to throw in here, and I probably will many times, that none of this is wrong. They're not saying that any of this is wrong. It's all lawful, but there's something that we came here to do with it. This divine presence came to help us put those pieces back together. As we talk about it, as we've talked about it, duality, they say, and I think this is probably known in many spiritual um, Disciplines. Duality is one of the primary ways that energy gets split. We continually see the world through the lens of all the opposites, love and hate, 
have and have not, good and evil, pleasure and pain, war and peace, and on and on and on. So I thought it would be really, really powerful to talk about why it's so urgent to understand duality and what we're what we can do with it. They talk about the urgency for us to understand that the escalation of the duality of domination and submission, which I think we talked a little bit about last time, that duality of domination and submission in our present-day global culture, if it's left unchecked, it's taking us on a path to destroying life as we know it on our planet Earth. In many areas of human life, our desire to have more whether it's more money, more power, more resources, more righteousness, because that is the nature of duality. Duality creates a situation in which we always want to have more of what we consider better and less of what we consider worse. So our desire to have more, and I think we also were referring to this last time, has become armed with weapons and chemical technologies that now can kill us kill all of us and destroy the habitat for all of us. And this was never the case before in our human history. So I just wanted, I wanted to throw uh, in... Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say something. It's interesting that while this is all lawful in terms right. of the laws of humanity and consciousness and soul consciousness and soul, um, wow, you, you you would think that we would have figured this out already a long time ago and not been so mm-hmm. intent upon self-destruction. Although then what you point out is that some of us were were signing up for the submission side and some of us were signing up for the domination side. And it's just such an amazing thing to even contemplate I know, I know. And I think that, um, and we'll talk about this more in future shows, that what there, I think there's a whole section in the next book that deals with this, is that sometimes, and we can, I think you can see this in perhaps in your own life, and I think we can see this, I can see this in my own life, and I think I can see this in many stories of other people's lives or um races of people or groups, that sometimes it's not until it gets really bad that we want to make the shift, that there's enough Uh, motivation to make the shift. And I think we're at that place. People rising up, yes, the feminine rising or, or whatever. So, yes, and I am aware of those moments where people are, are seeming to come together almost as one and, and say no more, no more, no more. Right, and that's often when it's at an extreme. And sometimes for whatever reason in our human nature, the way that energy is split, it takes that mm-hmm. to provide the impulse to bring things back together. And again, I, I will go into that more um, in the future. Um, but I just wanted to say here that for me, it's very, very interesting, especially when I go back now and read all this material again, um, that this very spiritual information, which is all about our souls and soul evolution and a return to oneness, 
that this very spiritual information is now intricately connected to how we function in all areas, politically, economically, in our ecology, in politics, I think I said politics, um, in education, in economy, in ideologies, in education, in all of these realms, they seem to be now inseparable from our spiritual life. And not just theoretically, but now, and this is why I find this information so powerful, this is an issue of our survival. Um, And what is so beautiful about the divine presence that came to me is that they share all this without any judgment of us. It's not that we're bad and wrong. It's more that there's a meaning and purpose to everything we're experiencing, everything we've created and everything we can create. Um, And that what we can do with the difficulties that we face globally are just the same as what they showed me in the very personal things of my own individual life. Um, I don't know if if any of you have read my first book called The Road Home, A Light in the Darkness. You know that this divine presence descended into the smallest, darkest places of my one little personal life. And it lit that up with a love, a divine love and a divine wisdom that is really global in its application. And that's the reason, that's really the reason why I want to share all this. So I think you'll see that in the rest of what I want to share with you about the duality of domination and submission, that this is really, that all of these pieces come together, the personal and the global. Back in the 90s, um, at one point I was asking why we are so violent with each other. And their answer opened up a surprising new perspective. Um, and all of this, all of this what, what I'm going to focus on today, can be found in the last chapter of that first book. This is what they said. There is a very big picture behind this scenario. This is the big picture. There are only so many themes that the human race and the entire planet Earth are working with. Increasingly, humans believe that they have to dominate, subdue, and possess. To the extent that these impulses extend way beyond what is necessary for basic survival, these impulses are the result of a greater and greater separation of masculine and feminine energies. The masculine active assertive energies are increasingly split off from the feminine receptive, nurturing energies. We are not talking about the relationship only between men and women, although that great divide between them and the behaviors that result from that divide have brought you to a crisis regarding your continued survival. So I want to interject here. What they're saying is that the duality of masculine and feminine energies, the split between them, lies at the root of domination and submission. This, I have to say, was a completely new understanding for me. I don't think I even ever thought about it before. So what they're saying is that as this split becomes more intense, action and assertion turn into domination, and receptivity and nurturance become submission. 
And that is why we're seeing such an explosion of aggression and violence in the world on every level. And it's also why the feminine is under such attack worldwide. So they well, go on to say, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. That's okay. I, 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 I have my thought. I, I won't lose it. <laughs> I know what okay. I want to ask. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll just read this one more quote and then feel free to jump in. The result is the arming of the extremes of what is considered masculine that cannot tolerate the receptive, connected nature of the feminine within themselves or others. This disowning of the feminine allows for massive projection of weakness, inferiority, shame, and blame onto others. Also why in war and in any arena where excessive physical force becomes the modus operandi, you see such overt violence perpetrated on women and on anyone perceived as less than in any way. Did you want to ask a question or say something? Well, my head is spinning because for many years I was part of a women's organization that um, one of our main um, frameworks had to do with human rights and status of women. And I was the chairperson for an entire region of 1,600 women in Southern California and some other parts of the uh, West. Um, so, I mean, I worked for two years very, 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 very hard on that. And mm-hmm. the things that are going on around the world you were talking about um, have been going on for so long. It's just, it's crazy. But just to give you an example, in order for a, um, a woman to be allowed to be a Sherpa and take people on the trek up the mountain, in that part of the world over there. Right. I can't think which mountain I'm talking about. Um, they had to have the permission of the elders of the village, the elders of the community. Mm-hmm. In other words, a woman cannot just be a Sherpa. Right. So, <laughs> so it's just, it's just, there's so many layers to it. It's, it's domination and submission run amok in right. all facets, everywhere. It's amazing, mm-hmm. quite amazing. So, and I think what I'm trying to say is, you know, I did that for 20 years, and yeah. nothing is really any different in some ways. If you could yeah, put it almost seems like it's coming it. to a peak, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. You could put a different face on it. In other words, you can you can use a different example than the one I just used, which is a minor example. Believe me, that the, the people that were trying to get permission. As a matter of fact, it was a um, with a group of women who were um, supported and sponsored by Ford, uh, Ford Motors to um, go up whichever mountain. I'm sorry, I can't think of which mountain it is. And Mount Everest, Mount McKinley, Mount some, whatever, Mount <laughs> Kilimanjaro, wherever it is. And they wanted they wanted K2. Some, some, yeah, they, exactly. They wanted some female Sherpas to go with, and um, they wow. had to ask the right way. You know, couldn't, couldn't have them. So anyway, the point is, um, it's complicated. And, you know, I signed up, obviously, in this world for trying my best to understand and be a change agent where I can. Yeah. Um, But it's complicated. 
Very. Very and deep-rooted, I think very deep-rooted <laughs> yeah. in our nature. And that's what they're saying. We came here this way. We came to take this on, and it's huge. So, you know, maybe that's a good segue into what I was going to say next, which is I really want to stress again that this divine presence is not saying that it's wrong that our energies are so divided. They're saying that duality is a condition of our ego consciousness. It's something we came into human form to work with. And going back to what we were saying earlier about sometimes we don't really, really do the work until it's dire, I think we're at that point. So they say, and this is another quote, it is a condition of human incarnation that these two energies are split into male and female bodies and masculine and feminine psyches. This is lawful. And it is one huge element of what creates ego consciousness. Over time, the masculine-feminine duality has become so extreme that as a race, you have lost sight of the need for balance, cooperation, and this is the operative, the main operative word, reunion of these two fundamental energies. And it is also lawful that we have come to this place of urgency to reunite and I'll have a lot more to say about that in future talks. Um, so this is the next quote. It is also the condition of duality that the masculine is always seeking the feminine and the feminine is always seeking the masculine. On the horizontal plane, and that's what they call the plane of ego consciousness, one does not feel complete without the other. But at the very same time, the law of duality keeps them at odds. On the vertical plane, which is the plane that takes us to soul consciousness or reunion, masculine and feminine energies reunite as an egg unites with a sperm. So I just want to like I just want to throw in here that the use of the terms horizontal and vertical plane runs throughout the writing, and so probably be referring to that a lot. Horizontal being Ego energy, vertical, referring basically to solar energy. Um, and then I just want to stress again, um, on the return to oneness, the masculine and feminine energies reunite as an egg unites with a sperm. And this is um, another quote. The reunion of the duality of masculine and feminine is what the human race is confronting as its next evolutionary challenge. So for me, that's breathtaking. I, this was completely new for me and, and an amazing, for me, an amazing understanding of what we're up against in the world. Well, if you take the sperm and egg um, as the microcosm, and then right. what's happening in male-female, and then what's happening in community against community, with race against race, right. uh, race relations, warring, warring countries, um, discord between um, different parts of the world over various things. You can see that it's 
it's it's we're not coming together. I mean, it's in other words, yeah, I, I I get that part about an egg and a sperm coming together, and that's the reunion of the two. But everywhere else, it's it's at polar opposites, isn't it? Well, I think that's why this. I think that's why this understanding is so urgent, because mm-hmm. using that image of the sperm and the egg. We can't create new human life without that union. And all the division that you're talking about and that we see playing out is, in fact, creating the destruction of life as we know it. So it's kind of crystal clear that without reunion, on some massive level, life for us isn't going to go on. And I think that's just really hard to take in. So it's like some societies and some people are wearing a big prophylactic or something. It's like, you know, like, <laughs> it's like what yeah. is the problem? You know, yeah. We're trying to come yeah. together here so we can save ourselves. And, you know, you're wearing a repellent. And I mean well, that in I'll, terms of... <laughs> yeah, I'll kind of throw this in, and again, this is going to be material for a future program, but one of the images, or one of the, um, I guess, images, I guess, that they gave um, explaining this is, and this really goes along with the understanding of duality, of always wanting more of what we think is better, is that they talk about the human race as an addict. We are addicted to more, and just like an addict... We are, you know, we just want to keep using. And Mm. it's only when an addict really hits bottom that they're motivated to stop using. And sometimes it's like on the brink of death. And sometimes people don't make it. And that we really have this choice now. Do we want to make it as a human species, as part of this earth? Do we want to make it? Have we hit bottom enough? When will we hit bottom? What was it, what's it going to take? Mm-hmm. My goodness, yes. What is it going to take? Because some of the things that have happened through time, you know, the, the, the Holocaust, yeah. um, the, the genocides, the uh, apartheid. I mean, I, you know, you could just yeah. name quite a few things through history. And wasn't that rock bottom enough? I know. To to say, I "I shall be part of the solution and I shall gather others with me and we will do this. You know, so people of goodwill certainly want what is right and true. And then we go back to the idea that there is no judgment from soul, right? And so that, so... We, I want to say, I won't say we. I want to talk about what's right and wrong, what's good and bad, what's evil and, mm-hmm. and not evil, because that is the frame that that works really well. And yet, that's what separates us in the first place is thinking in those terms, isn't it? Well, and that's we or were being about or feeling last time. in those terms. Yeah, yeah. And I think, I mean, I think there's an overlap. We were talking about it last time that. You know, one of the great dualities is the duality between good and evil. And, but part of the nature of duality is, is that we're never going to agree on what good is and what evil mm-hmm. is. 
one person might think being a super uh, a suicide bomber is good. Another person's going to think that's evil, um, and that's an extreme end. But you know what I'm saying? We're never going to agree. That's the nature of duality, and I think that's really hard to wrap our heads around. I think we were all brought up on good and evil. That's the story. That's the stuff of fairy tales. Good conquers well, you know, evil in the end. Yeah, and, and I what was they're saying. To... Go ahead. Yeah. No, it's okay. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that what they're saying is that we we won't survive on that level. It's not that it's not wonderful that there, and, and I think this is part, well, let me just, let me back up and say it differently. What they're saying is that it's uncovering soul in ourselves, uncovering our divine connection. That is the answer because there's no duality in the divine that that play of opposites doesn't exist in oneness is what they're saying. So the more we can be in touch with our soul nature, whatever that means for a given individual or however they get there, that's that's the way out. And that's really what the part of what the purpose of I would say there were two big purposes of the of the material that came to me. One was to really illuminate what this what keeps us in our, stuck in our ego consciousness and on this path of self-destruction, and what do we do with it? How do we return to our soul nature? How do we bring the light, whatever piece of divine love we can bring through ourselves into the world, how do we do that? Because that's what they're talking about is the true healing for the human race and the planet in terms of our participation in that. Well, that's why it's so important that you are not keeping this information to yourself. You are sharing it with others in a very public way so that more people can avail themselves of this this knowledge and this heart space and the soul space so that more of us can pick up that baton and say, I too shall, I sh- I too shall walk this, this path. I, I, I will go with yeah. you. I will go. Yeah. And, and, I'll, and, and I will shine my light on other people's path as I shall my own, shine on my own so right. that we can see where we're going right. and why it's so important. Absolutely, and that that is the only reason why I'm doing this because, believe me, it's challenging for the personality of Phyllis. Um, (laughs) But I also want to say here that I'm not alone. I think this energy is rising all over the world. Um, I don't think it gets into the headlines as much, but I think people are feeling this need for reunion, for bringing in divine love, for following a kind of spirituality that's not dogmatic or judgmental. I think this is happening all over the world. And um, my, this is my piece. And you have yours. And I think we each have a piece. So I just really want to emphasize that, that this is my piece. And I'm, I'm, I feel very called to share it, and I know that many, 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 many people are doing the same thing in their own way. 
Yes. Well, you know, we, we, t- we talked about the feminine rising, and, and there are definitely things that I've become aware of over the last couple of years, people I've run into and worked with who were very much about the feminine. You know, and I, I never referred to the feminine. I, I have always considered myself, um, you know, working in the women's um, empowerment I want to say movement, but it's not a movement that, that I was involved in. I'm just saying working in women's empowerment is a thing, right? And so I was never thinking of it in terms of the feminine because that's not what it was or is. So it was un, it was not common language for me to refer to the masculine and the feminine. Duality was mm-hmm. not even common to right. me. Right, me either. Um, yeah, and I didn't know. I, I mean, I, I had to actually look it up when somebody um, – a psychiatrist client of mine, as a matter of fact, I helped him publish his book. And one day he sent me an email with this. It was not about his book or anything else. It was just something he wanted me to think about. And it had to do with duality. And Mm -hmm. it was a very um, uh, provocative sentence. And then, you know, something about how's that for duality? And I had to look it up. I'm thinking, oh, my God, all of a sudden I I don't know what he means, right? Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, I have a college education and I, I, I follow a lot of stuff and I know a lot of things. I'm like, oh, how did I miss that? You know? <laughs> so, I just think it's something so, we don't talk about. I don't yeah, think we, we talk don't. about it. We don't. And so that's why this is important and interesting and illuminating to me um, to kind of, kind of fill out maybe another part of my education and, and um, uh, edification and, and, you know, help me be better at being the person I am. Does that make sense? Yeah. I want to be. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So anyway, I didn't And it's know. really not so much, I mean, I would just use different words, but I think we're talking about the same thing. It's not so much the feminine rising or feminine empowerment. It's really re- reunion of the masculine and the feminine. It's bringing them together and what mm-hmm. results when the powerful, active, assertive masculine energies are united with the receptive, connective, nurturing feminine energies. And, of course, one one road to that is looking at women's empowerment. Um, Does that make sense? It does. Now, you know, many, many, many years you've had people refer to uh, my masculine side or, Uh you know, Uh the, the the heterosexual no, excuse me, metrosexual um, look for men, you know, where it's, there's, it's like, okay, are we combining all this stuff into um, the, into a way that everybody can talk about it now? Or is it just that I am trying to understand it differently now? I think that's what it is. I'm just trying to understand it in a bigger way. Okay, I and I and yeah. to me, that's what this offers is a really big picture of understanding. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, I tell you, it's it is impactful to um, to think about it in terms of like microcosm, macro, you know, micro, macro, yeah. and like okay, so this is important not just for me but for my family, for my community, for my world. And how do I 
keep unraveling the information and not get discouraged because it's just obvious out in the world that people are not, I was going to say playing the game the way I think they should, which is judgmental. (laughs) You know, it's like I I can't even even stop myself from going into good, bad, right, wrong. You know, it's hard. I think it's a huge yeah. challenge, and I just want to repress in something that we talked about earlier, um, maybe a, sh- a few shows back, that for me, the part of the what I've learned from this divine presence is that one of the quickest ways out of judgment is to look at what is as my teacher. What did this come to teach me? If my soul wants me to learn something from this great divide, from all the violence, from the hatred in the world and the destruction of our environment and on and on and on, if it wants me to learn something and do something, what is that? And for me, that's, and I think for each of us in our own individual way, it's how do I become the voice of my soul in the world? How do I contribute on a totally different level? What did my soul come into this body this time around, at this time in history, to express? That's a force of union in some way. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise it is a trap in right and wrong. It's it's almost inevitably a trap, I think, in right and wrong. Well, here's a thought. This is the first time in America that there is a woman running for mm-hmm. president of the United States. And she is running against a very interesting man. Uh, I'm, I'm being um, generous when I say interesting. Because right. <laughs> I, find, I find some of what his um, thought processes are to be very interesting, to say the very least. Um, and they could not be more a better example of duality in my mind. Yeah. I, I really think it's a really what's happening politically in our country is a really incredible example of the extremes to which this divide is playing out and hopefully to wake us up. It seems like the energy on one side is very dominating, very judgmental, very divisive, um, very separatist. And the energy on the other side, while perhaps not perfect, um, at least espouses union, togetherness, um, some of the more um, inclusiveness, tolerance, and some of the what we consider more perhaps more receptive feminine values. And it is interesting that it's playing out between a man and a woman. I, I, I just think it's it's almost. Um, predictable in terms of what my writing is saying, uh, these energies coming to a peak. Mm-hmm. And the other interesting piece of that is it's possible that the woman is more um, conceivably war-oriented than the man is, at least in what what we could we could think that. And, mm-hmm. and so, so to, to talk about stronger, weaker doesn't really work because it could be that the that the woman in this case is stronger. So now you've got all kinds of things playing out 
you know, mm-hmm. in the duality of each of them, their own personality, uh, thought absolutely. process. Oh, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's not any kind but, of a perfect division. Uh, and no, I'm not suggesting not. that. I'm just saying yeah, that it looks like um, those two different energies are really, like, polarized and in the forefront of our consciousness. Exactly. And then, at the same time, we have some areas of discontent with regard to race relations. We have mm-hmm. police police versus crowd control. We have I mean there's all kinds of things happening in our country that are yeah. um that are alarming and yet I happen to believe that this is the greatest nation on earth and there is more right than wrong with it by a long shot having been a military brat and a military wife. Um, mm-hmm. I lived abroad in places where, you know, really we shouldn't have been. I started first grade in Iran as, as a, uh, you know, little six, mm. six-year-old there. Mm. And, um, uh, you know, my, my patriotism is um, very important to me. I'm, I'm just extremely patriotic. Mm. I forgot where I was going with mm. all that. Well, anyway, mm-hmm. it's, just, it's, it's, it's just interesting how people will say bad things about this country to get to score points, right? It can't be that they really think that, that everything is so bad, and yet what we're talking about is exactly that. It is good, bad, right, wrong, you know, because that's how we frame ourselves. That's how we frame our reality or our right. what we right. think is reality. Right, so this is like a massive reframe. If one of yes. the massive reframes is, what did I come here to learn, and what did I come here to contribute as a soul? That's a massive reframe to me. That yeah. we're that we came here to reunite the masculine and feminine energies, assertion and receptivity. That we came here to bring them together, and what new birth of consciousness would that produce? To me, that that's an exciting reframe, and it's a powerful one, and it really speaks to me. And I think that's within ourselves. It starts, and again, this is you know some of the material that we didn't get to, it starts within ourselves. How do I bring the masculine in me and the feminine in me into a powerful union? What does that look like? What does that mean? Well, let me ask you this. Is is teach and learn two sides of um, uh, two sides of duality, or is that just something different? Well, they're not opposite, so I don't know. That's a good question. I never thought about it. I'll have to think about it. But I, they're not opposites. I think it's part of, in some ways. And this, I'm speaking off the top of my head here a little bit, but um, teaching feels like an active force and learning feels like a receptive force. So I'm wondering if the two coming together is part of Thank our journey. Uh huh. Interesting. Yeah, it's an interesting, interesting question. I'll have to think more on that one. Yeah, because. Um, what I just wrote down a second ago is what what did I come here to learn? What did I come here to teach? You you mm-hmm. said contribute, and 
I I know that you're a teacher, and I know that I am a teacher, and I I I would like to be known as teacher. In other words, mm-hmm. in your book, uh, the second one, and the first one, you talk about um, a person, a particular person that you call teacher, and mm-hmm. that was a very important mentor or confidant or mm-hmm. you know advisor to you and and that's what I am to some people important to me you know mm-hmm. that I am teacher so mm-hmm. equally it is important to me that I am student always learning always yes. always learning yes and I guess for some reason I don't see myself as a teacher I see my I see my and there's nothing wrong with what you said I mean I just don't, I don't see myself that way. I see myself as someone who received an incredible gift. And my job is to be true to what my soul has asked me to do with it. And that's sharing. And that's just the way I frame it for myself. Um, And I think we all frame our path in our own way that speaks to us. And that's, that's the way that speaks to me. So, um, and we may be saying the same thing in different words. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, fine with me. <laughs> if, yeah. you wanna, if you want to frame it that way, that's fine with me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do we, do we have time for me to say one short little last quote? I do. I do. Okay. Um, yes. So this is um, where, where we can end today. And this is um, directly, again, from this divine source that spoke to me. The biggest challenge of the human race has been to be manifested in form as two different sexes, and ultimately the challenge is to consciously reunite the energies that have been divided. The challenge is not to develop technology. It is not to tame Mother Nature. It is not to create wealth. It is not to overcome mortality. And it is not for so-called good to conquer so-called evil, though all of these issues are certainly compelling. The main challenge which manifests in every issue the human race is dealing with is to find a harmonious union of assertion and receptivity, active force and generative receiving, power and vulnerability. And then we'll pick up where that left off next time. Oh, my goodness. Power and vulnerability. I've always said that... um, there's so much power in surrender, and I think surrender mm-hmm. and vulnerability might be very, very close in mm-hmm. concept. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and I think um, that's been one of my things I've said for decades. You know, where yeah. Yeah. it may look like you're giving in or giving up, but sometimes um, you're just basically taking the high road and letting things be. And there's more power in that yes. than yes. if you were to fight or carry on. So interesting, huh? <laughs> so, <laughs> wow. Okay, so I don't, I don't think we solved the problems of the world today, but we certainly did put them in a, um, in a, in a way, in a frame, in a framework that I think what you said in the beginning about how important it is to understand what we're here for to do right you know to to yeah. see what see what is happening 
and what are we what are we here to learn? What is that right. going to teach us? And then, frankly, my reaction to what I see is the other piece of it. In other words, I'm learning from my reaction. Right. If I right. feel hatred and disgust and want to run away, that's one thing. If I see an opportunity to contribute and I figure out, okay, what is, what is here for me? How can I make a difference? That's, that's another way to, to, to look at the same exact situations. Right. right. Very interesting. Well, why don't you let people know how they can get hold of you, how they can get your your book, um, okay, your blog. Your blog is wonderful. Oh, thank you. I love your book. Yeah. Thank you. Well, um, my website is www.phyllislevitt.com, and there are several blogs on there. And um, you can buy the first book called The Road Home, A Light in the Darkness, either from my website or from Amazon. And the second book called Into the Fire should be out sometime soon this year. I'm very excited about that. And Deborah is my amazing editor. I'll give you credit <laughs> for that too. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. I need to get cracking and get that, that book done so we can have the second book out there soon. Right. And you're right. right. It is soon. It is definitely this year for sure. Well, this has been a pleasure, and it always is. I, I have to say, um, my brain just goes gangbusters trying to, trying to think of my next thought and, and, not, and not live in duality when I'm asking a question. <laughs> no, it's, it's like, I don't want to say it wrong right. <laughs> Bad, good. <laughs> so, yeah. so anyway, um, I look forward to our next, uh, our next topic, and we will put that up on... Uh, in a couple of weeks we'll figure out where we're going to go with this next and I think we're going to start getting into your second book and actually start previewing some of the um, some of the stuff in the, in the second book here pretty soon aren't we? I think pretty soon this, this one I, might be one or two more shows this, this particular topic but yeah awesome. I don't know where we'll awesome. go after that but it'll be related I know. All right. Well, thank you so much. And until next time, this is Deborah Brown and Phyllis Levitt. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. Thank you so much, too. Thank you for joining us for Light on the Road Home, a special production by Deborah Brown and Phyllis Levitt. This show has been a production of the Boomer and the Babe Radio Network. You can find more about the Boomer and the Babe at boomerandthebabe.com.